This is Story and Rain Talks, the Story and Rain podcast. I'm Tamara, founder and editor in chief. After over 20 years in the fashion and magazine industries, I launched StoryandRain.com, a digital fashion, beauty, and lifestyle publication where we're bridging the gap between reading a magazine and shopping its pages. On this podcast, you'll discover the emerging trends and tastemakers that matter right now. As a catalyst for creativity and through candid conversations with our community of cultural arbiters, we're your resource for discovering today's most interesting people, projects, and products. And we'll explore the origins for game-changing ideas and careers. With our high-low approach to style and the belief that there's magic in the mix, we're going to inspire you to live your most stylish life. It's a big group on this week's podcast. Sisters Kat and Nicole, along with friend Sarika, joined forces to create 21 Seeds Tequila, two symbolizing the sisters and one symbolizing a friend. These three female founders are a force. Honing her storytelling chops at CAA and in television and in film, in her spare time, Kat was known for infusing tequilas in her Brita water pitcher, and her concoctions were a huge hit with her friends. Her sister Nicole worked in finance before life took a turn to tequila, working for companies like Refinery29 and Angelist. And Sarika had long worked in food, helping to develop everything from probiotic chocolate to quinoa and seaweed snacks. Each armed with a killer skill set that created the best breadth of knowledge amongst the three co-founders, they launched and sold 21 Seeds in a mere three years. Now part of the Diageo group of beverage alcohol, 21 Seeds offers three flavors of supremely smooth tequila that's clean and natural and requires little to no mixing, an alternative to fermented wine and beer, something that Kat had been looking to move away from. We discuss all the details behind their incredible story, how a psychic in India predicted it all, and how they work together as a team. They share the details of the steps they took to launch their brand, how they cultivated creation, how Mexico inspires, and some insights into their proprietary process. They share a ton of valuable entrepreneurial advice and how the customer experience is of paramount importance to them. We talk about how and why 21 Seeds has transformed the way people think about tequila, how it elevates in its brand experience, how they rose to serve a growing need, and how they are totally inspiring trailblazers. This conversation serves up a large dose of the beauty in what is possible. On to episode 114 with Kat, Nicole, and Sarika of 21 Seeds. Hi, how are you? Hi, guys. Hi, Tamara. Hi. We've got four people today on our podcast. I'm here with Kat, Nicole, and Sarika, founders of 21 Seeds Tequila. It was so important to me that all three founders were present for the podcast because it's such a great part of your story. You know, coordinating four schedules is no small feat. We should be toasting with the seed and soda right now, each of us. I'll tell you that the after after party for my birthday in June turned out perfectly well because it was so impromptu. And I was really happy to have all three of your tequilas on hand when a group of us decided to keep things going at my place. You know, I was thinking about how you really are filling this gap in the market. People like me, people like us want to be able to grab an easy and delicious spirit like tequila that has flavor and that requires very little to no mixing and one that's natural and a little more healthful, which really ties into your founder story, right? The idea for 21 Seeds was basically inspired by the cocktails you simply just love making for yourself and for friends. Can you explain the roots of this shared love of tequila drinks? Sure. I'll jump in uh, tomorrow. It's so great to be here. So, you know, the true origin of it was even a little more basic than the love of tequila cocktails. It was really just, I needed an alternative to wine. Yeah. That's how I would relax and unwind at the end of my day. I was having a glass of wine or two nightly and I just stopped agreeing with me. And as I started to do sort of research, dig into like, why, what was in the wine? I just found that there was organic living material in wine that just in fermented in general that goes away when you move over to a distilled spirit. And I noticed that all my girlfriends were switching from wine and champagne to tequila. So I thought, okay, I'm going to take, give it a try. And I actually, when I first started drinking tequila, I just found it to be quite harsh, to be honest. It didn't matter the type of tequila I was buying. It was just all harsh. And so I, I thought, what am I going to do to this tequila to just make it as drinkable as that glass of wine? 
And I love to cook and I started infusing it with things that I was drinking. You know, if I were having a tequila cocktail, I like Paloma has great, is made with grapefruit juice, right? A margaritas with orange and, you know, spicy margaritas were the thing I was drinking anyway. Like those were my go-to with, you know, jalapeno. And, you know, we added the cucumber to it just to kind of cool off the spice a little. It's not like we're making cotton candy infused tequila here. You know, these are like things that you already see, you know, in tequila cocktails. Yes. That wasn't much of a stretch. Well, you just got into it, you know, first off, was it easy to land on your three offerings? Cucumber jalapeno, Valencia orange, and grapefruit hibiscus. I mean, perfect flavors, in my opinion. Was it easy to land on those three offerings? Sarko's the one who really like brings this tequila to life on a daily basis. So we'll kick it to her. Sure. I mean, Kat, you know, had been infusing her favorite flavors in a kitchen for a while. And as a friend of hers, I just tried them as a friend, you know, and loved it. And what it was doing is it was just really imparting this light touch flavor and smoothing out the spirit. And it wasn't, you know, adding too much, but when it came time to really, I guess the word is commercialize and pick the ones that we thought were going to work. Yeah, that is the word. Yeah. It was about, well, from the consumer perspective and from our perspectives of what we like to drink, there was, let's go with the flavors that are used in the most popular tequila cocktails. So, you know, as Kat mentioned, you have the margarita, the spicy margarita and the Paloma, but, you know, Kat had been experimenting with some things that were even outside of that box. Like I remember there was like a strawberry peppercorn and there was like the pineapple orange guava and there, you know, so we had like a lot of fun. Okay. That being said, what's the rest in peace, you know, one that sort of fell out of the mix that is still a treasured fave? I would say, I mean, Kat, you probably have your opinion, but like the pineapple guava, the passion fruit one was like amazing. Yeah. Let's talk about what makes 21 seeds so smooth. You know, that's my word that comes to mind when I drank it. I was literally in awe of its taste when I first tasted it. And I think that's what's so unexpected that you're like, oh, it's a flavored tequila, but then you taste it and you realize just how drinkable and light and smooth it is. Take us through that process in terms of what makes it so smooth. What is it that creates that kind of balanced out flavor and smooth and delicate flavor that makes it something you can sip on, something that you can have more often than not, that it doesn't pack that kind of a punch. Yeah. I'll kick it to the co-founders, but I just want to start by just saying that we think it's so smooth that it doesn't give you that like scrunch face, that awful like <laughs> tequila face when you drink tequila and you make that horrible and you like, right. every muscle in your face gets. So we actually think it's the first anti-wrinkle tequila. If I'm, I may be so bold. <laughs> because... Oh my God. I love that. Let's go with that. <laughs> Yeah. You're not going to get wrinkles from drinking this tequila, I'll tell you. Right. I'll kick it over to Sarka again, because, you know, she is our product expert and it's not easy. I'll tell you that it's not easy to make a tequila that's this smooth. And it really is all about actually infusing. There's a lot of flavored spirits on the market. And I think those two words are used interchangeably uh, and not correctly. It's kind of like people who laugh all the time. You're like, that's not that funny. You know, like, why are you laughing? (laughs) It's like, that's the same thing with infusion and flavored, infused with flavors, two very different things. Yes. And it takes a lot of work to do what we've done, but we didn't want to do it if it wasn't delicious and exactly like what I was making in my kitchen. And that's really where Sarka was such a huge asset for us because you know, it's her background is in exactly the space. So I'll kick it to Sarka just for some more color on that. Sarka, can you talk a little bit about what magical elements come together to create that beautiful taste? Yeah, well, without getting into too many of the specifics, because, you know, we do have a pretty proprietary process. You do. Yes. And I think Kat really touched on the high level of why, but I will say that it's, it's very labor intensive and, you know, the goal is always to have it be a high quality product and smooth and what we do is we have like a pretty rigorous quality process and traceability where the ingredients and the quality of the ingredients are actually key. And we try and maintain that as we scale by really understanding each of the specs, how it's going to behave. And then we also do have a, I guess, like our trade secret <laughs> that makes it smooth. And so the infusion is a really big part of that. Like Kat said, we are doing true infusion. We're infusing with the juice of real fruits. 
And that's why you don't have something that is tasting off. It's staying the way that it should taste through the shelf life of the product. And I guess we're combining aspects of food, which is sort of where I come from. Yes. And that food product development with spirits. And and we did have to learn about how things are done in spirits. And we had to collaborate with our distillery to make what we wanted to do a part of how we commercialize this product. So it was a collaboration, but we're bringing parts of food to the spirits world. And I think that that combination is what you're tasting. Yes. And it never gets old to hear that, you know, people like the taste and that it's smooth because that's totally what we were going for is that light touch flavor and smoothness and not like overly sweet or sugary or. Yes. um, That's what I'm saying. That's why it's so mind blowing. It's still a tequila. Yeah. And, you know, just to jump on what Sarka said, at the end of the day, they still are tequilas. Yes. It's a Blanca tequila that's just on its way to being a perfect cocktail, you know, like with just a little bit of, of stuff that you have, like add a little club soda or just a splash of lime or a splash of simple syrup. That's all you need. And that was a mom, Nicole's mom, I'm a mom. And part of what we were trying to do with this product was to solve all our pain points, including lack of time. As we head back to school, back to routine, you know, like it fits with our lifestyle. You can relax and unwind. It's not a lot of fuss. And it's not going to make you feel like crappy the next day, you know? Yeah. What I was going to say was I have found myself doing the very same thing where, you know, I'm in the kitchen and there is a bottle of something like a vodka and you're like, what kind of fruit do I have? You know, I can really point to that moment myself where you're just wanting something like simple and natural and you have made that product. Nicole, let me ask you, once you were launching this brand, how did you get together to talk about the core things that were important to you? Just to circle back, one thing that I just wanted to add was that my sister, who's quite humble, is actually a super taster. And so, you know, I don't know if you've seen Harry Met Sally, but you know, that person that like is absolutely annoying about how they order something Cat ordering a cocktail at a bar is at least a 15 minute project. (laughs) Yes. And she's like, you put too much citrus, you put too much this, you put too much that. And everyone's like, just order your drink already. And then of course, everybody wants the drink she just ordered because it was the perfect balance of a drink. And that's the torture she put Sarka through (laughs) when producing these, you know, perfect kind of balanced tequilas, if you will. And so to answer your point about the extra layer of just, you know, the trade secret and all the labor intensive infusions that we do is the fact that Kat was very, very specific and her taste buds are quite elevated. I get it. It was like the perfect product. Yeah. That's like a little bit of the secret sauce there as somebody that has such a acute sense of flavor and taste and balance. Yes. And then to your other question, I think what's really amazing about creating a company, especially with people you know and love, is that you can run fast and there's trust. And with trust becomes like, you don't have to worry about all the other things because you trust each other. So you can really focus on the things that matter and are important. And for us, it was just like so exciting to one be able to do something together with especially two amazing (laughs) women that I admired so much that, you know, like for us to be able to run quickly and in our lanes, I think really helped us propel and do quite amazing things together. Was there a point in time where you did actually set time aside where you came together, sat around and said, hey, like these are the core things that are important to us? let's make sure we build this into our brand. And what were those things? I think it was organic, right? Because we are three female founders. We wanted to ensure that it was born out of a necessity for Kat. And so it was really something like, we didn't say we want to be these people. We were these people wanting to drink this way. And we just found that audience that was also those women and those mothers and those people that felt like they also wanted to drink that way. So it wasn't like we sat down and made a plan as to 
who our audience are. We just kind of knew who they were because we were them. Were there things like it has to have style and where there talks about branding and that kind of thing? So I would say that, again, I think because we knew we were uh, initially, we were really focused on that female consumer, right? Because we had noticed so many women we knew were switching from wine and champagne over to tequila. And this was just so much more of a drinkable tequila for those women, right? And we really wanted to solve all her pain points. And so things like, you know, customer service, that was hugely important to us. You know, I was like, we are going to be as good as Zappos. We are going to be as good as Nordstrom, right? Like I want to make sure that if a mom, because moms have to-do lists, right? That are really long. You know, women I know have to-do lists that are super long. I didn't want like, you know, if somebody was like looking for a package or wanting a recipe from us, even it could be anything. And, you know, the good news is we've been invited to a wedding. We have so many fans that love this brand, like truly, truly love this brand. A lot of our requests are things like, you know, Hey, I'm having a party and I want to batch this big, like what's the recipe. And I want us to answer those, those requests immediately. Because in my mind, I'm like that woman's, she's got a to-do list, like a mile long. I don't want 21 seeds to be the thing that sits on her to-do list with no check next to it. So you know what I mean? So just things like that, like maybe not so much the obvious things that you might think that was really important to us. Customer service was hugely important. And then the other thing that was really important to us, especially because we're all in, you know, we all come from like Silicon Valley in the tech space. There were a lot of female entrepreneurs who had huge successes, big exits, and then were never invited to invest in early startups. Right. And so it was very important to us coming from that space to include as many women in our cap table. Like when we went out there to raise money from friends and family, we went to our female friends and family first and said, do you want to invest first before, you know, we went to, you know, the, the guys we knew because, you know, listen, we're three female founders and it was really important to us to have as many women involved as possible. Like we only hired our first guy, like, you know, a year into it. And uh, we were like, you're our diversity play. You know? <laughs> like, <laughs> right, right, right. Love it. Like our, our two male employees, you know? And so we were, we were, we're all about, you know, hiring women. And that was all really important to us really on the back end of it, on the front side of it, it's really just making sure that this, in terms of the style and the, how does the brand show up? You know, it's that best friend. 21 Seeds is that best friend you always want to see, you know, like, you know, that she's so much fun and she's funny and she always looks like put together without even trying. And she, she's just going to be a great time. And if, if she can't make it to the girls weekend, you change the date. Love that little tidbit. That's 21 seeds, you know, and, and that's, we were like, if it doesn't show up that way, whether it's copy in a post that we do on Instagram or an ad that we're running and paid, like if, if it shows up like anything other than ringing authentically true and it's cringy, it's like, we don't want to do it, you know, Yeah. because that's not our girl, yeah. you know, and, and that's what we really have tried to stay true to throughout all this. And how do you describe the way that you collaborate? Do you have a style of collaboration? Do you Zoom? Do you try to meet in person? Like, how do you bang ideas up against one another for the brand? Well, I think it's actually funny because if one of us is talking to each other, we always add the third one in on our phone call. You know, it's like we always want to have, even if it's like, you know, cat dealt more with marketing. And even if it's marketing, like she wants to bounce it off Sarka and I, and if it's like finance or business or whatever, Kat still and Sarka still want to understand it all. And and the same with Sarka. So a lot of times we're on the phone. We talk a lot, one, because Kat's my sister. So, and I love her. But the other reason is that we, we really do enjoy getting different perspectives and ideas from each other because we do really have different perspectives that we come in. So it's really nice to, to really bounce those things off each other. Sarka, you have an extensive background in product design. Can you share what and where, and then also what is particularly inspiring or interesting to you about working on the 21 Seeds brand? Yeah. So just in terms of my background, I mean, I actually have a degree in mechanical engineering, but it was kind of associated with a product design program. And I've just had sort of a lifelong interest in natural foods and kind of niche products. Like as a kid, I was 
fascinated by the celestial seasonings brand of teas and, and, you know, these whimsical packaging and just, so I guess you could say that the seed of my career was sort of planned in that way, but in terms of the products that I've worked on, I have worked on everything from like a probiotic chocolate bar to seaweed snacks. And I think that the common thread is really like, I've always wanted to work on things that are going to delight the consumer really and taste good kind of through their life with the consumer. And so when, you know, spirits was a little bit different, it was outside of the box of what I had previously done in food. But the main reason that I started this is because I actually wanted to help Kat and, you know, Kat's just like such a dynamic person, a great friend. And, and I tried the tequila and it seemed like fun at the time. I actually had another job, but it was really, you know, born out of kind of the friendship, but from the technical perspective, I also thought that it could be something that would taste really good. Like knowing tequila, knowing what we could improve about tequila and how we could, you know, do something and really hit it out of the park. So, but I think the inspiration of 21 Seeds is really, you know, it's working with Kat and Nicole and these two like dynamic sisters. They're just like great people. It was so fun, such an adventure to go down to Mexico with them. You know, I think for some people it would be like a red flag, like, okay, you, you ladies don't know anything about the spirits industry. You're going to, you know, start with a controlled substance and like, you know, launch a product. Like, is that a red flag? (laughs) We're like, well, red's our favorite color. That's what, you know, that's an adventure. (laughs) Right. Kat, your background is in film, but let's go back to the beginning here. At one point you find yourself, we were talking about this earlier, trying to make this shift from fermented beverages like wine and beer for health reasons. And I actually find this really interesting because recently I've been doing that kind of same thinking for myself. I've been tuning into my allergic reaction to wine. And I mean, it's nothing I don't know, but for some reason lately I'm going, this doesn't really make sense, you know? So you began infusing tequila via a Brita water filter pitcher at home. Mm-hmm. I mean, first of all, a genius, because it got me thinking <laughs> about infusing things in a Brita and B how, when, and why we need the trigger point exact story. It, it, what you are describing, you know, I was starting to feel that like, I'm like, I was like, God, I gotta, you know, I'd had my kids and it had been enough time. And I'm just like, what is causing me to feel so sluggish in the morning? And I'm waking up, not like with this pep in my step, which is not me. I I have a lot of energy period all the time. And so I I really like dug into it and fermented is just tough. It is just tough. And I feel like your body is a machine when you're younger, it just fires faster and everything's working. And it's, you know, it just all just is moving faster. And then as you get older, it just starts to move less fast. And so you have to be more mindful about the stuff you're putting into it. I looked around. I noticed so many of my friends were switching from wine and champagne. Guys I knew were moving away from beer and it wasn't just a one-off. It was like a lot of people. So I, you know, just kind of looked into it and there's just a lot of organic living material and fermented that just doesn't exist when you move over to distilled. So that really is what pushed me, but you know, Nicole touched on it. Like I'm not looking to drink just to drink, you know, that I wasn't, that was not also what I was out, out for. Right. Like I want to enjoy myself. No, right. That's a huge part of it. I wake up for my coffee and I so look forward to my cocktails at the end of the night. Right. It's like, and you're a cook. I you love, like to mix and you like hundred percent. Yeah. I love flavors. And I also just feel like we all work so hard. All of us. It doesn't matter what you do, whether you're working at home as a mom, whether you're working out of the house, in the house, like it doesn't matter. Like everyone is working so hard, like gone are the days where you, I just don't want anything to be by accident. You know, I I like intention, you know, even having fun, there's an intention behind having a good time. You know, it doesn't just happen. There's some things you have to judge in order to have the, the best possible time. And I've always been that person in my friend group that like really thinks about curating that great time, or at least the framework for a great time. And I really brought all of that to making this brand, you know, and I think about it all the time. That's the stuff that keeps me up at night. Like, I just feel like everyone's working so hard and people deserve a break and some fun in their lives and joy. And the common denominator is spirit, right? Like spirits, people like to have a good time over a drink. And so it's like, if I could play a a role 
in their lives to bring the best and easiest form of entertainment in all ways. And that's the other thing that we are always trying to show up with is like other ideas for them, you know, on how to like easy entertain at home. And and we want to be that friend that is there for you. That's like curating that good time for you. And that's how we want people to think about 21 seats. Cause that's how we think about the brand. And that's how we think about showing up in people's lives. You know, that's what gets us up in the morning and gets us out of bed and gets us like excited to seize the day, you know? And how did you know to pull out a Brita? The Brita, you know, to be honest with you, I needed a big vessel because again, out of convenience, (laughs) right? I was like, I'm not going to do a bunch of these. I'm not going to do, you know, I'm not going to start and then suddenly have to do another batch. Like I want to make a big batch. So, uh, you know, I love to entertain. There's always people at my house. You come to my house, it's like camp and there's people in and out constantly. In fact, I had a funny Brita story because I, I would always take the jalapeno, cucumber jalapeno was my first infusion. And I would always take the jalapenos out first. So they'd be like cucumbers floating around in, you know, what looks like water. Right. Cucumber water. That's right. And I had a girlfriend come home from a long run and just pour herself a big glass of it thinking it was water. And she was like, what is this water? Oh my God. It's just, I'm like, oh my God, that's tequila. You just drank. (laughs) That's a great story. You need to go deal with that. Nicole, you have a background in finance. And at one point you cashed out your 401k to travel the world, eventually coming back to finance where you work for companies like Refinery29, Britain Co. and AngelList. I want to know about that travel moment for a second, because I'm dreaming of one myself right now. And then talk about your experience with a psychic as it pertains to 21 Seeds, because I love a psychic twist to any story. Yeah. So I just, you know, everyone has those kind of moments in your life where you allow yourself to hit the pause button and not listen to the white noise, you know, like really just try to hear your own voice. And that's what I wanted to do. You know, I had right out of college gone to Deloitte, you know, like very career driven, very like, I want to be the best at whatever I do all the time. And in all of that pursuit of uh, an amazing career, I forgot to think, you know, a lot of people always ask you, what you want to do when you grow up, but they don't ask you who you want to be when you grow up. And I didn't know if I knew that answer. And so I did the most uneconomical thing that you could imagine as a finance person. And I cashed in my 401k and I said, you know what, until I know who I want to be when I grow up, I am not coming back from this trip. (laughs) And that's what I did. And throughout that trip, I met so many amazing people including in India, I met this priest who was a very well-renowned psychic. And he told me that throughout your life, you will always be successful. Money will come because of the fact that you're career driven. But the most impactful thing you will do is with a family member. It's incredible. And I told my sisters and I told my family And they started laughing because we're Greek. So they're like, of course, you're supposed to work with your family. You're Greek. (laughs) And uh, but I never had. And, you know, last I checked, no one was in finance in my family. Right. And so when this opportunity came, I actually didn't think about what the psychic said (laughs) until much later. It kind of like had this epiphany like, oh, wow, I'm actually working with my sister. So it's kind of crazy, but it all worked out in the end. And Kat. You know, you had worked in creating and making for years. How were you creatively fulfilled in film versus how you are creatively fulfilled now in working on 21 Seeds? Yeah, so I cannot tell you how much of what I did in film I bring to 21 Seeds, really, because really it's storytelling, right? That's what we did when I was working in film and television. It's all about telling stories, right? And really like, understanding who the characters are and, and knowing like, you know, how those characters show up in that film or that story. Right. And I brought all of that to 21 seeds and still do it every day now. Right. Like when I talk about 21 seeds uh, to anybody that we're working with, whether, you know, it's, it's on the business side, on the creative side, I think of her as that friend. Like I think about 21 Seeds as like that best friend. You think of 21 Seeds as her, as this person. She, yeah. Exactly. I don't think of it as a bottle of tequila. You know, that's what it is, but why it exists, why it's in this world, like how it shows up in the world. Like 
those are the things that I consume my day with and try to bring that to life. And all of that comes from storytelling, that whole background. And the other thing that I really learned from the movie industry is just this, you know, attention to detail Mm. and, you know, and really like client service. You know, I was trained at CAA, Creative Artists Agency, which is like Michael Ovitz is, you know, he started it and he has such an expectation out of anyone who's ever worked for him on just how you, you just don't take no for an answer. You, you get it done for your clients. And like, I bring that same mentality to 21C. It's like, there's just, there's no, no, like our customers are always right. Like, I just feel like they're right because they work hard. They deserve joy and they're giving us their money. Like that's we, there's a contract there. Like this has got to, it's got to deliver. Like we have to deliver back to them at the highest level always. Um, And that was all taught to me, you know, in that mailroom at CA, like you read about, you know, the the good, the bad, the ugly, the fun, the the, the tears, all of that. Everything you you heard about the mailrooms is true. Um, But the result is, is that it's just ingrained in me to, to be that way. And to really always, you know, just, it's all about curation and like just creating the best possible experience. That's our contract. That's what we bring to the table. And then our, our customers, they are there to enjoy it to its fullest always. And if they're really sweet, they let us know about it. And we love that, you know, like we love hearing from our customers on Instagram uh, and on Facebook and slide into our DMs anytime. We love it. We just love it. Nicole, what are you happy to leave behind from your former world in finance and happy to take on now for all things 21 Seeds? I think the biggest thing that I always look forward to is just the creativity, the ability to like dream in color, if you will. You know, um, as a finance person, you're always wanting to make sure that there's that road ahead, there's enough protections, there's enough everything right in order to build a business but you know as founders and everything and as this next part of our journey it's just really exciting to be able to dream how big how great how many people we can inspire not only to one drink our product but also to do what they dream about doing and um, you know as female founders like leading the way and and helping females allow themselves to dream in color because a lot of females don't, you know, they, they don't give themselves permission and they should. Can one or all of you take me back to your exact conversation when you released your idea for 21 seeds into the universe? Sure. I'll I'll jump in. I'll start. It went something like this. Hey girls, you want to start a tequila company? And they were like, (laughs) 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 Uh, and like, honest to God saying it out loud. You know, that's what started it all. You know, I think to Nicole's point, it's like we're oftentimes in our head and we don't give ourselves permission to think that, oh, I could go do that. You know, there's so many things I have to do. Like, is there this what I want to be doing? And I think it starts with just saying it out loud. And that's really what it was. I was at a dinner party and I had been making this tequila, this infused tequila for about nine years at this point, right? Oh, you had? Oh, yeah. I didn't realize the timeline for the tequila making. Yeah, I'd been making it for friends and for parties and, every, you know, and folks were asking me to bring it to their parties. If they said, you know, you ask somebody, you're going over to someone's house. Hey, what can I bring? Bring your tequila. So that had been going on for all those years. But it goes kind of back to what Nicole said. I'd never thought to myself, like, could I start a tequila? Am I a tequila CEO? Like, could I start a tequila company? Like, that just didn't even occur to me that it could happen. And you sure are. <laughs> Yeah. Right. And one, and one day at this dinner, this birthday dinner of a friend of mine, you know, this friend of mine was just like, what are you working on right now? Cat? What's going on? And I said, you know what? I, you know, I've been making this tequila all this time. Like we love it. I think I'm, I want to turn it into a business and just saying it out loud, just got it going, you know, and changes everything. It changes everything. And you know, the other thing I'll say, don't be afraid to share your ideas with people People don't share ideas because they think someone's going to steal your idea. You have a great idea and you think someone's going to steal it. Let me just tell you, everyone is busy. People are busy and they have a lot to do on a daily basis. And the last thing that they have time for is to steal your idea. And in fact, 
much more good will come out of saying your idea out loud. You will get that, you know, instant feedback and reaction from folks. And immediately it will either start to go in a positive direction or not, you know, and nothing, none of that will happen without just saying it out loud. That's really how it all started. And then it, you know, I said it to these girls. And Nicole, how did you set your game plan in motion? Was it your job to write the mission statement, the elevator pitch, the business plan? So, I mean, on the the business plan, the finance, all that stuff, yes. Like helping build the building, yes. But like I said earlier, it was really we were in our lanes. Like this was Kat's idea. This We were helping her bring this to life, right? So she already had very much in her mind you know, it was her story to tell. And so uh, Sarka really focused on making sure that what she created in the kitchen really came to life. And that was not easy to do what she was doing at such a small scale (laughs) into such a big scale, right? And then of course, we had to figure out if we could do this, you know, tequila is a drink of origin, right? It has to be made in areas of Mexico, our distillery is actually in Tequila, Mexico. The very first thing that we did is we took a trip to Mexico to see if what we envisioned that we could do can be done. But the thing that we never allowed ourselves to do is to think that we can't get it done. Like we knew that once we made up our mind that we were gonna do it, we were gonna find a way to do it and to do it exactly the way we thought would be an elevated experience for that consumer. And Sarika, what would be the first order of business? How did you go from idea to doing it? I think a lot of would-be or want-to-be entrepreneurs contemplate that stage. I think, Kat, you were speaking to that a bit. What would be your marching orders, the first thing that would get done? Well, I mean, I think that we we did a lot of research to begin with, and I think that's smart for anyone to do who's entering a new industry to understand how it's going to work. And also just about the laws, the, you know, I didn't know that the TTB, the, you know, existed, the government agency is like that tequila even had to be made in Mexico. So we had, I mean, that part was actually, I, I think, really fun. I had lots of conversations with agave growers to understand the pricing structure and the whole, you know, from soup to nuts about the industry before, you know, we decided and kind of with Nicole's help understood whether this is something that we could do at a price that consumers would want to buy, that we could keep the quality that we wanted. So there was just, you know, a whole bunch of research and a lot of conversations, trips to Mexico. And between the three of us, we have a pretty big network of people who are entrepreneurs who had, you know, tried one thing or another. And so I think the spirit in which we always enter things is like, we want to hear from other people about their experiences. And it was always like, what can we learn? How, how can we learn? And we didn't bring a lot of ego to some of those early conversations. And we just learned as much as we could from as many people as we could. And then, you know, in the process, we're also making batches in the lab and tasting things and and really just like parallel pathing with all the things. <laughs> yeah. And how did you source your female-led distillery in Jalisco? Yeah. So the goal initially wasn't to have a female-led distillery. It was really to have the best tequila that we could find. And when we narrowed down the handful of distilleries that had that, we found that the one that we were working with, you know, we, we had a number of requirements and including our infusion process. And so, you know, I still remember that first trip we took down to see them where we had like, we had already raised friends and family money, but we, we didn't know if they would say yes to building the infrastructure that we needed. <laughs> so it's sort of like we were basically running while the tracks were being laid. Yeah. I mean, that was my next question for you was sort of more of a technical question. When I think of what you've done, and you'll explain this to me, but when I think of what you've done with working with fruit, cucumber, jalapeno, and tequila, it reminds me sort of what I set out to do with Story and Rain. I'd worked in print magazines for years, and it was time to launch a digital magazine whose pages were instantly shoppable. And I had to build my site several times because there were e-com site developers and there were editorial style site developers. It was impossible to find a developer who understood exactly how to merge the two aspects correctly and beautifully. So how would you get your unique infusion and the distillery to work together? Did they come 
with experience in this, was your process anything like mine and that you had to take certain measures in order to find who and what you needed to make it work? Yeah, absolutely. I would say the latter. We really, it was a process of collaboration of, you know, trying things that didn't work and actually iterating on site. Like Kat and I and Nicole were there in Mexico wearing hairnets, trying things that didn't work and being like worried (laughs) that this wasn't actually going to happen. And I still remember, you know, on one of those first trips, we actually we're trying to scale what we were doing and trying to make it work. And we're having sort of a, a bumpy experience. And I will say what was amazing is that the distillery in Mexico were all in and helping us. Like they were not like, we don't want to try this, or this is not our wheelhouse. Because that can happen too, right? We had great partners and they were willing to try a lot of things, but we we got our first order from BevMo while we were down there having yet to have made a production scale batch. And it was Kat, Nicole, and I, and we were in a hotel room and we just got this like spreadsheet from the BevMo buyer. And we were like trying to decipher what it said. And we were like, what does this say that they're taking all three of our SKUs in all <laughs> of their stores? Like it was, you know, this huge order that we got and we had not even been able to produce at scale. So I guess you could say that the process was like, you know, really figuring it out, tinkering, building and getting the right people involved. And, you know, I I can't go into like all of the specifics there, but we have talked to all sorts of experts in their fields (laughs) from, you know, chemists to engineers and otherwise. Here's a question. What inspires about Mexico, guys? What do you love? Oh, everything. The culture, the color. <laughs> I bet you could go on and on and on. The flavor. I mean, everything. What's there not to love? Oh, Mexico's amazing. I know. I love your little... The neck at the top, the little thing at the top. Yes, yes I know. your tassel. And, oh. Thank you. And that's straight out of our visit to an amazing artisanal town there called Tonala that is just a place where everyone comes with their crafts and it's just gorgeous. It's like rows and rows. I mean, you can just get lost in it. You know, it's, yeah. it's like in Paris or Morocco, you know, yeah. when you go through the shop. I mean, that's what it's like there. And, you know, this was the thing for us. It was, we wanted to bring so much of that to the bottle, but not in the way that it was showing up before we got there. Like in the sense that if you looked in the tequila aisle before 21 Seeds, was there, there's, it's like, there was this absence of color, you know? And we were just like, yeah, really taken aback by that. Cause everything we knew to be Mexico is a lot like, you know, what Nicole has on right now, which is this gorgeous, it's like colorful and so much saturated color and beauty. And, and we thought, man, this all needs to be, you know, on our bottle somewhere. So is that sort of how you put together your branding, which is gorgeous? Were the ideas sort of generated around the inspiration and the colors of Mexico? What were the ideas and the resources? Absolutely that. And, and one little thing about our, our bottle too that was really important to us is, you know, every culture has like their version of that, you know, the Turkish blanket, you know, it, it, Mexico has it, we're Greek, we have it, Turkey has it, like all these cultures in Spain, right? And the, the beauty of that blanket, right? is that you use it for so many things. It's on, it's a bedspread. You, you know, you put it on a bed as like a bed cover, you put it on the ground and you, you know, you eat on it, you put it on a table and you eat on it. It's like a place you gather. It's like a gathering blanket, you know, it it symbolizes so much. Yeah. And so we loved that. We were so inspired by those beautiful blankets in Mexico. And so if you look at the, the necker of our bottle and the back of our, our bottle label and like those elements, we kind of wanted to replicate that idea of that blanket and how this bottle is that, you know, this tequila is going to like the minute you pop that cork off, you know, that you're in for, you know, a good time with your friends, the best of friends, your best family friend, you know, your family, your friends, you're going to gather, you're going to have a great time. And we wanted to bring elements of that blanket, that sort of tribal blanket into the bottle. That was really cool. I love the idea of the blanket. It's absolutely amazing to me that each of you possess the skill set and breadth of experience that each of you do and have come together in this way. You're like three pieces of a puzzle, you know, that fit together perfectly in terms of what it would take to create a business like yours. Was this kind of instantly evident to you? Is it evident to others who work with you or talk to you about your brand? 
I don't know if it was evident. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's evident to me. It's just sort of like, wow, look at the background of these three women and how they all have such strong skill sets and how each of those skill sets come together for a wonderful business like this. Yeah, I'd say like in in hindsight, especially, right? I think to Nicole's point, like going into it, you know, it's like I knew I, I wasn't going to do this by myself. No to other founders out there. It's tough to start your own business and to do it alone, go it alone. It takes a village. It takes a village to start a company, you know, period, full stop. And uh, even behind these three founders right here, there's an army of people from friends, family, coworkers that it took to even do what we do, right? So you kind of go with the people you trust, I think, is a big part of it. And you know are smart and are driven in the same way. So we had all that in common. I don't think we knew as much as like now with hindsight, how perfect this trio was. Like, it's a good playbook, right, guys? Like anyone out there is looking to start a business, like have a finance expert, right. have a storyteller on the marketing side yeah. that's an expert and have a product person who knows what the heck they're talking about and then stay out of those people's way. You know, it's like, don't cross your lanes. And, and unless it's like a collaborative moment, you know, and if you can just let everyone do their thing, then it's amazing what you can get done. So while we didn't know it going into it, now that we have hindsight, it's a fantastic playbook. So take notes, guys. Highly recommend. <laughs> when was it evident to you that you hit on something big? Was there a moment where you looked at each other, looked around and said, wow, look, we've really got something here. You know what, I, I would say it's when we kept on surprising people. So we would say, this is what's gonna happen. And we live in a male dominated industry, right? And they're like, that's cute. <laughs> You're not in the spirits industry. This is a new type of product. Um, it's not gonna happen that way. And we're like, nope, it's gonna happen this way. Just trust us, it's gonna happen this way. And constantly we surprised everybody you know we surprise people that have been in the industry forever and i think that's kind of the moment that we knew that we had something special and that people realized that we had something special is that we kept on surprising the industry if you will i absolutely love that and i would just add on to that Tamara, is that you know for me it was like once we sold like more than a thousand cases of our tequila you know, like 6,000 bottles, like once we'd sold more than 6,000 bottles, because to me, it's sort of like, listen, those first like few hundred cases, right? It's like, we have a lot of friends yeah. and they have friends. Yeah, sure. You know, we're very not ego driven, us three ladies here. And so I don't need someone to just say, oh, it's great. Everything's great, 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 great. Everything's great. I'm like, no, no, it's not always great. Right. So tell me the things that aren't so great. And I think that until you've sold past your sphere of influence in terms of your product, you really don't know what you have yet, right? Because everyone's buying it and they, they all want to support you and they love you. But once it went beyond that for us and it started to go very quickly beyond that and that we were having out of stocks because people were buying it so fast, so much faster than they're buying regular tequila. Those were the moments for me where I was like, okay, we're on to something here because it's not about just who we know and who they know. It's beyond that now. You know, we don't know any of these people who are enjoying the product and buying it in record numbers. So for me, that's when it was really the thing. And I think that's a good litmus test for any founder uh, who's bringing a product to market. It's like, you got to go beyond that network of friends that you have and their friends. <laughs> And now you're literally three years from when you set out to launch, right? Yep. And amidst a pandemic, no less. So for any of you, each of you, uh, to what do you attribute your fairly swift takeoff or not? Or do you not perceive it as fairly swift? No, I, we definitely are thrilled that we did what we did in such speed, right? But, but like all the stars were really aligned for us, you know, like timing is everything. We checked every single box and we just so happen, you know, to like, if this product launched 15 years ago, I don't know if that, that timing would have been right, you know? So it just, it felt like all the tequila gods were <laughs> behind us and really doing this. It was a perfect time for all three of us personally in our lives. It was a perfect time for female founded and for 
an infused flavored spirit, right? A different way of drinking. And of course, unfortunately, COVID happened and we went to market in a very different way. We weren't at bars and restaurants. We were at home with her. It all worked out well. It all kind of worked out. I mean, there there's so many people that have such great ideas, but have just not the right timing, right? And we were lucky that it kind of all aligned for us. You know, there's great ideas, but luck is part of the equation to be successful. At the end of this past March, Diageo acquired 21 seeds. Major congratulations to each of you. You must feel such a sense of accomplishment. How do you yourselves explain what it is that Diageo saw in you in the brand? I think that, you know, listen, Diageo loves winners. (laughs) They're the the number one in the category and they're quite good at what they do. So, and they got a lot of uh, information, right? They have a lot of data. So they know exactly, you know, what people are looking for, where the growth is, where the, the, the sort of the palette is moving and what consumers want. And I think that they saw that we hit to Nicole's point, every trend, right? Going on in spirits that they foresee as like continued trends, like from the fact that so many people are switching to tequila, people want lighter drinks, you know, less in them, like the spritz, and there's no better tasting spritz than a seed and soda, right? 21 seeds, club soda, splash of juice, optional, you know, gorgeous slice of orange, and you're done. And that easy at-home cocktail solution. And I think they just, they loved that we were female founded. They loved that we were going after a very different consumer, you know, than the typical you know, when you think of spirits, you think of, you think really guys buy spirits and bring it into the household. And women weren't really doing that until 21 seats came along. And now they're doing it in insane numbers. And I would say that was because nobody was really listening to that, that female consumer and how she wanted to be drinking her spirit. And that's all we were doing was listening. That's all we were doing was like hearing her, like tell, and we were her too. So it was so authentically in us and in how we wanted to be drinking. So it wasn't like we needed, you know, a lab or something or a, a focus group to tell us. Like we were just looking at how we were drinking and how our friends were drinking, but we were really listening. And I think that Diageo saw all of that and this incredible growth that we were having. And we're so excited about it because, you know, now it's kind of like, you know, there had to be the Sydney Potier before there could be a Denzel Washington, right? Like someone had to break open that door. And I really feel like, that's what we did. And we did it not with like a ready to drink or a wine or a diet drink or any of that, right? We did it with a tequila, a real spirit that was designed for the female consumer and everyone else, right? Who wants to drink, but designed by women. Congratulations, trailblazers. And it really shows you that like diversity is awesome. Why? Because we all have different palates, we taste differently. So if you keep making, the same group of men keep making the, 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 the spirits. Of course, they're going to attract men. This has opened the door for other women to come in. And we talk to female founders all the time in spirits and in other industries. We love doing it. And we just think like, holy cow, look out world, because there's a whole new set of taste testers in town. And they're, they're creating products. And it's just, it's going to be really, I think you're going to see a lot of cool innovation coming. And I think it's, I love that we're with the biggest and the biggest bought us. And we had like an incredible sale. When did you get that news and what did you do? Did you celebrate? We did the exact same thing we always did. <laughs> like I got a phone call, <laughs> called one of them, <laughs> plugged the other one in and had a conversation. And it was, it was incredible. Kat, it must feel surreal to see what happened to your idea. Crazy, right? It was crazy. It was completely nutty. I mean, honest to goodness, it was like, I sometimes I, I still can't believe it. Right. Cause it happened really fast and it's timing, it's luck, but it's also, it was a lot of hard work. You know, I mean, that's the thing about luck is it's in my mind, it's like realizing that you're lucky that, that you're, you have this opportunity, this moment. And then it's what you do with it. And like, my God, we worked our butts off. It was not easy. We worked night and day. Like, I mean, we were taking, you know, the laptops into the bathroom with us to go to the bathroom. Like, hoping the cameras were off and everything, you know, I mean, that's how busy it was, but we, we wanted to do something really special and we wanted to do something really big and make a big splash. 
Um, and cause we knew we had this opportunity in front of us. And so once it got going and we knew we were onto something like to your point, we really wanted to make it a big thing because, you know, unfortunately like it or not, right. Like history is written by the winners and we wanted this to be a winning story for women out there. And I think that we accomplished that. And for that, I, I know I am. And I think I speak for the girls when I say we're just incredibly proud of that because it's, it's there. And now this product is going to be around forever. And we're so excited about it. It's exciting. Sarika, how does the Diageo acquisition change the brand and how will it change how you three founders work on it? I don't think it's going to be changing the brand. As they say, they don't want to crush the butterfly. They like what we've built and they want to keep that. I can say from the side of keeping the quality intact and all of that, they've been nothing but helpful. As far as how we're going to be working with each other moving forward, we'll be brand ambassadors. So it's still unfolding, but hopefully we'll be doing more things like this, inspiring more entrepreneurs, more female entrepreneurs, and visiting you know some key accounts and just continuing to represent the brand and, and the story. Can each of you share a little bit about what you're looking forward to with 21 Seeds as ambassadors, as the brand grows, as the brand moves on, develops? For me in particular, I just, I love the idea of like walking into some place and being able to order it. And like, that's always like the pinch me moment where I'm like, this is real. This is beyond my ecosystem. This is, you know, like, it's absolutely amazing that it is out there and it's something that we created. And so the more people that can taste it, the more people that can hear about it and know about it gets me so excited because I really do love our brand and I drink it all the time. I was in Greece for a little bit and I couldn't get it in Greece. And I was like, literally so sad because every cocktail wasn't the cocktail I wanted, you know? And so basically to have that be able to order a cocktail that I want wherever I go would be amazing for me. I will grab the baton from you on that one, sister, because my love of cocktails and the perfect cocktail, again, I wake up for my coffee and I live for those cocktails and I just don't want a single drop more in them than needs to be in them because I don't want to have to work out any harder than I do. So, (laughs) so my goal is, you know, I think that we have some work to do uh, in the on-premise to really like catch up to how the consumer wants to be drinking. I hear so often, right? Oh, can you put less sugar in that margarita for me? Can you make that less sweet? I got to tell you, that's one of the main things I hear. And it's my goal to go out there and work with, with bartenders and really show them how to, you know, make an amazing cocktail with less, you know? and still deliver on exactly what the consumer wants and even more so what they're looking for. Right. And I think we got some work to do there as an industry. And I'm super excited about getting out there into the field and doing that because where, you know, you can find our spicy margaritas on menus, my God, do they sell because it's, you know, it's really what the consumer's looking for. Easy, you know, ounce and a half of cucumber, jalapeno, tequila, half ounce, simple syrup, half ounce, fresh lime juice. That's one tablespoon of fresh lime juice and simple syrup. That's all you need. And that is, man, it's delicious. And that's, I just wanted, I'm excited about, about that. Sarka, what about you? What are you looking forward to in terms of 21 seeds? Yeah. I mean, I think building on what Kat and Nicole said, seeing more distribution, seeing us enter more bars and restaurants and the on-premise and also international. Like we're always getting emails from both consumers and international distributors who think our product would be a great fit for their demographic. And I, I love that because I do think 21 Seeds is so versatile for so many, like across generations and across cultures. And so it would be really inspiring to see it like in Greece and in Europe and India, you know, and I think that would be amazing. And then I think also just, I think it'll be uh, fun to be a brand ambassador and to hopefully inspire more women to not only feel that they could be in the spirits industry, should they want to be, or basically do whatever it is that they want to do. Now, are there any new ideas on the horizon for the three of you since this was so successful? Uh, Or is this sort of the baby that you created and everyone's moving on or have you not given it much thought or 
where are you with that? You know, just because we, you know, we're acquired, we are no less involved in, in making this be the reality. Like we want it to be a household name. And for us, until that happens, I think, you know, uh, we can't let that idea go because to Kat's point, we want everyone to have that perfect cocktail and we want it to be 21 seeds. So it won't happen. And if you start believing in the no, then you're not going to push yourself forward to the yes. And you got to just believe in what you're doing constantly so that you don't hear that no. And maybe a couple of those very cool flavors that you mentioned. For sure, there will be more uh, innovation coming out of 21 Seeds. You know, like um, right now, we are just focused on the three infusions, the, the you know, Valencia, orange, cucumber, jalapeno, grapefruit, hibiscus. But we have a lot of vocal fans who are like, you know, are giving us suggestions all the time. And we love tinkering and we love creating amazing. But just know that we, we won't have anything until it's perfect, um, until it's exactly ready to come out. But um, yeah, definitely be on the lookout for new and exciting stuff from us. We actually have a very exciting thing that we're going to be dropping for Cinco de Mayo. So be on the lookout, ladies out there for Cinco de Mayo. Yeah, we got a fun, fun thing that we've got coming your way. Exciting. We will be all over that. Before we wrap with our sixth list of favorite things that I'm going to ask you all about, biggest learning about creating a business for each of you, biggest learning in terms of creating a business in these last three years or so. For me, it was just how much work it is. As much work as you could possibly imagine that it is, multiply that by 20. Like that is how much work it is. Sarka? Yeah, I think it's it's really about what we touched on earlier, this team and the importance of having such an amazing team where everybody is really competent and you trust each other. And, you know, I think that every part has been so important. So it's really like how important that teamwork is. And Nicole, what about you? You can't hear no. You can't hear can't. You can't hear like constantly someone's telling you it can't be done this way. It can't like it won't happen. And if you start believing in the no, then you're not going to push yourself forward to the yes. And you got to just believe in what you're doing constantly so that you don't hear that no. That's a great way to end the podcast. You can't hear no. I love that. We wrap with our sixth list quick fire round of your favorite things as a group, the six things that are kind of in high rotation in your lives right now, fashion, accessories could be beauty, personal care, wellness, home decor, food and cooking related, travel related, binge watching, art, books. What do you got? I'll jump in. So I'm loving 13 Loon, uh, which is this awesome website that's like a Sephora or Ulta, but it's all from BIPOC founders. 90% of the founders are bringing these incredible just secrets from all over the world, right? Love into to skincare, into hair care. And so there's just so much on that site. So check out 13 Loon for sure. That's one of my faves. Sounds good. What's another fave? Number two. I'll jump in with uh, Vega jewelry. We all like it's a, she makes these beautiful necklaces with crystals and just feel like they provide me with good energy. (laughs) Your necklace is gorgeous. I'm looking at Sarka's necklace. Thank you. Oh yeah. We all have Vega jewelry in our life, by the way, tomorrow. You got to check it out. It's this girl, Victoria. It's amazing. I'm going to run and do that later on today. Yep. Okay. Number three. I'm obsessed with Farm Rio. I'm actually wearing it right now. Oh, I was going to say. Okay, so Nicole's wearing this gorgeous multicolored dress with a gorgeous sleeve. And I've been thinking about your dress this whole time. It's beautiful. It's Farm Rio. Isn't it amazing? I love Farm Rio. It's just, it's kind of like our 21 Seeds bottle. It just makes you happy. (laughs) It just does. Yeah. There's a Farm Rio store in Soho in New York. And the store just makes you happy. You walk in. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, number four. Yeah, I'm obsessed with this brand called Cadence, which is like these, I don't know if you've seen them, but they're these magnetic, sustainable little containers that you can put anything in. Like you can put pills in them, you can put snacks in them, you can, and they're magnetic. So they kind of stick together. And especially as we're 
you know, as we're heading back to back to school, back to routine and like trying to keep ourselves organized and reorganized, like I'm, I've been using the heck out of them all summer through travel, through just getting organized. So loving cadence and they're beautiful. Great tip. That's a good one. Number five. Yeah. So I'm obsessed with prospect farms. They have this CBD oil for actually your dogs, your pets. And my dog is a little bit crazy (laughs) or a lot (laughs) crazy. Um, my, my sister calls my dog an alligator. This really is an amazing product for, for pets. Okay, great. That's a good one for pets. Number six. So I've been trying to read a little bit more since the deal went through and I have just a tiny bit more time. And one of the first novels I read was Where the Crawdads Sing. It's very popular, but I really enjoyed it. Recommend it to everyone. And the movie just came out too, which I haven't seen yet, but plan to. I love it. Thank you all. It was so great to talk to you. Congratulations on all of your success. 21 Seeds is an incredible brand. It's really one of my favorite things. If I was going to make up my list of favorite things right now, 21 Seeds would be right at the top. I hope we get to chat again soon. We should do an event with 21 Seeds. That would be really fun. Love it. Wouldn't that be fun? Love it. Absolutely. We'll we'll circle back for Cinco de Mayo. We got a really fun thing coming, guys, for Cinco. We should circle back on that. Bye, all. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Bye. Bye.